We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is recorded and produced, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, whose sovereignty was never ceded and this area's original name was Nam. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Damn! We're in a tight spot! Welcome to Music Town. May I service you? Great Scott! It will never be enough! I only want to hear Yaya Ding Dong! Ah, as if! Dignity. Always dignity. You're listening to You Watched What? I'm Kate. And I'm Amy. This week, the 2014 thriller Gone Girl. How are you, Amy? I'm well, thank you, Kate. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm well. The weather is lovely. Happy Galentine's mm-hmm. Day. Oh, it is today. Yes, yeah, so we're recording a little bit in advance of uh, when this will go out, but there you go. That's it's Galentine. the 13th of February. Oh, I totally forgot about Galentine's Day, that it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just completely too much going on to no, even fair, think about fair. that. I haven't watched uh, Parks and Rec in a little while, mm. so... Yeah. Here's a good one. Might have to circle back to that, actually. Mm-hmm. What have you been watching? Well, I mean, as with last episode, like, not heaps just because <laughs> I've been very busy. This new job, I tell you what. Look, it's good. It's 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 good to be busy. It is good to be busy. It's it's eating into a little bit of my um my film and TV viewing. Oh, what a tragedy. Um, I watched the improv like murder comedy Murderville on oh, Netflix yes. with um, Will Arnett. Yeah, I didn't realise that it was improv until you you mentioned it the yeah. other day. So I'm really interested to watch that. It's Look, it's funny. It's like short episodes, so it's very easy to get through. Mm-hmm. Will Arnett is is great. He's, I mean, he's always very, very funny. I think mm-hmm. he's always quite good. Like it's not a masterclass of improv because um, the people that they bring in to do it – None of them are amazing at it. Okay. <laughs> and some of them are actually really, really bad at it. Oh, no. Um, look, it is. But sometimes that's what makes yeah. it funny when you can see that they're really struggling. Yeah. Like they're struggling or just like sort of fighting against it and the rest of the team who have a yeah. script and know what they need to get into Because you've got to say, you got to go a lot. That's yeah. like the rule of improv. Is yes. yes. And. Yeah. yeah. You have to keep going. Sharon Stone. No one told her about Yes and. Oh, no. Um, look, I enjoyed seeing her and she still, like, she looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, improv is not her strength. Okay, yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a well, varied Well, she's not cast. a comedian. Like, no. she's, she's a serious actor. She's a so dramatic actress, They yeah. probably haven't done, she probably hasn't done a lot of improv in her Maybe she did some craft. workshops, like... 30 years ago or something but yeah. yeah no that's not it's not what she's known for I think actually probably the person who was best at it was a footballer like an American footballer whose name wow because I had never heard of him before okay uh, I recognized him from a meme uh-huh uh, he was really funny like he really he was the most game oh there you go so there you go he'll but go into acting now then when I he's retired so. he might be the next Terry Crews you don't know yeah, yeah. Oh, Terry Crews is a gem Terry Crews is a gem. Anyway, so yeah, I've been watching very light things. It's really easy to watch and have on in the background, and you yeah, know, 
Awesome. But you can play along. All of the clues are laid out because the person improvising has to solve the crime. Yeah, this is so you can play along, and it's not super gory. Like you could watch it with the kids. I was about that was my next question. It would be appropriate. Okay, because they are really into murder mysteries. Oh no, they would then they would love it. Yeah, just tell them. Look, all the clues are here. You get three um, potential. murderers in each uh-huh. episode or oh, I'm just really vague today um you get three potential murderers in each episode yep you get all of the clues laid out as part of the storytelling so you can't you have all the information that the improviser mm-hmm. has to solve it so I think your kids would really okay. enjoy it actually yeah well we watched um the Miss Fisher's movie last night oh lovely and Briar kind of as soon as the the baddie like He's a he was the butler comes on screen. She's like, oh, he's dodgy. <laughs> he is very suspicious. It's him. And then, like an hour later, she was it's right. Him. Yeah, trust her gut. Yeah, she's got she's a got good, that gut instinct. She's got that good gut instinct. She's a she's a bright little spark. Oh, too bright. Well, I started watching um, Search Party oh. this week. Never watched it. Yeah, I, 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 I'd never even heard of it until last week, early last week, and um, I was listening to a podcast. That's, I, I, it's, that's where I get most of my recommendations from. It's a great source, um, though. Frequently. And they were talking about, it and I thought, oh, okay, I'll see what it's on. And it was on stand, so I was like, easy. It's really good. Mm. Easy viewing. Twenty to half an hour minute shows. So. Really, really nice. easy. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Mur- murder mystery yeah. as well kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah, mm. I've just started season two. Because that's the the most recent season, season four, is going to be the last, I believe. Yes, and I think so. Or season five, I now. think it is. I think it's five. five season oh five. goodness. Yeah, yeah. My, my list of things I need to watch is so long. Well, there you go. We've both been watching things with um, Arrested Development. Yes. Stars. Yeah, so that's really good. I'm really, really enjoying that. And we started watching Wolf Like Me the other night Ooh. too, which is similar in that they're short, sharp mm-hmm. episodes. So it's really easy to watch. Um, really f- dark comedy. Mm-hmm. I find it quite it found it quite amusing. Really good. You know what the best – okay, so it's set in Adelaide and the best oh. thing that I found because they're two – it's Josh Gad who's American, and mm-hmm. Isla Fisher, who's playing an American. So in the um, previews, you think it's in America because yeah. you, the, you only really hear the two main people talking. Yeah. And then I heard an um, interview and they said, yeah, it's set in Adelaide. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. But it's one of the points that they're like, they can talk about like, oh, why did you move here? And yep. it's so weird that there's Americans turning up in Adelaide. Mm, of all places. And Adelaide looks beautiful. If they did shoot in Adelaide or maybe in Sydney, but I reckon they probably did. Beautiful streets. There was no. This would have been filmed during COVID. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff made in Australia in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one because the COVID numbers were so low, and you could get the crews because everyone needed yeah. work. Yeah. Uh, Lots of stuff got made here, like some of Preacher got made just down the road. Oh, really? In Clarkfield, you know, the big house. Wow. Yeah. Some, so some of Preacher was shot there. In um, Monagita. In Monagita. Yeah, there's a bit of stuff. Well, Preacher, that might have been last year, 
we were driving past, there was lots of trucks and my kids thought there was like a truck rally happening. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I think they're filming something. They yeah. do lots of filming there because we pass it on yeah. the way to school. Um, yeah. Mm. So, but really, really good. But like I was saying, the best thing I found in that movie, that TV, this TV show, Wolf Like Me, is that the school uniforms for the kids yeah. in primary school were just perfect. Bottle green tracky dacks. Yep. Uh, um, polo and a windsheeter jumper yep. and a big wide brimmed bottle green hat. And I was like, yes, they've, they've costumed it right. Because the first season, the scene, the school kid was in quite a nice school uniform. She was in mm-hmm. a shirt and a blazer and a skirt, a tartan skirt. And Which that is happens. It does happen. More high schooly, but mm. she was going to the science fair and so I think she was in her good school uniform. And then the next yeah. kind of day, she's just in her normal yep. school uniform. And I yep. was like, Yeah, that's Australia. Yeah. That's Australia. Yeah. Tracksuit <laughs> pants. It's Australia. <laughs> that's what you wear to school. Yeah. But besides that, there's just been a lot of Bob's burgers still going on in our house. We even had to listen to the album yesterday while I was cleaning, which was as much as I love it, it was a little bit painful having to listen to 30-second songs about um, diarrhoea and stuff. It was just a little bit, oh, I'm not used to cleaning to this. Can we put some, <laughs> can so we put some Dua Lipa on, please? I'm so glad I told you guys about Bob's Burgers and then I told you guys about the album. I feel like that was an achievement. Shall I read the last entry? Sure. This man may kill me. In her own words, this man may kill me. It's kind of a convenient end note. So this episode's movie is 2014's Gone Girl, directed by David Fincher, who is an incredible filmmaker. Now, you're the one that knows all about directors and stuff, and I know nothing. Bits about directors. No, but you'll be able to tell me. What else has he done? Fight Club. Uh Uh-huh. Zodiac. Ooh. Madonna's Vogue video. Ah. One of the Alien movies early in his career and they didn't give him directorial control. Mm. Panic Room. I haven't seen it. Panic Room is really good. It's okay. very tense. Is that Jodie Foster? And baby, mm-hmm. and her daughter is played by baby Kristen Stewart. Oh. Oscar nominee Kristen Stewart. I know. I'm very excited for Kirsten Dunst, our queen, yes. getting her first Oscar nomination. I know. Along with her husband getting his first Oscar I nomination, know. Jesse Plemons. So that's really sweet. What's his face from... <laughs> Prince Joachim from Jungle Cruise. <laughs> that's what yes, he really should win the Oscar for. That was some great um, was, accent work happening, wasn't. talking to bees. Like that's – if he wins, it's going to be for, for Jungle Cruise in my mind. Okay. <laughs> sure. I mean, I think that's what the Academy are all thinking. <laughs> I'd vote for him and then I would – I'd write in brackets next to it, for Jungle Cruise. Yeah. David Fincher. So he's made a lot of really successful and prominent movies. Like he, he's considered an auteur. He is a okay, yeah, you know, famous, acclaimed. I had director. heard his name, but yeah. he's not one that I could rattle off. Mm. What like he's that. done, yeah. But that's it. Like you've seen his movies, well, some mm. of them anyway. Yeah, I for haven't sure. seen all of them either. But um, I'm gonna be honest, I haven't actually watched Zodiac. It's on oh, my list. Are you? Kidding. I'm going to tell you why, and this is a confession. Oh, my God. No, I know. Like, the cast and everything, I know, I know. But 
had a really bad nightmare after watching the trailer. Oh. <laughs> and I just had, like, I didn't watch it and then I haven't got to it. There are parts in it mm. where um, Ben Lee's wife is in it. Ionie Sky. Yeah, and she gets kidnapped and that part is um, – mm. that's probably the, the worst part to watch yeah. for, for me. I kind of um, walk out of the room or um, – yeah. Because it's done very, very well. And that's it. David Fincher is incredible at tension. Mm. It's got young Jake in it though. I know, it's got young Jake in it. He's playing someone really older than him. Hated making that movie. Did he? Because David Fincher really pushed him and pushed him and take after take after take to try and – And he was pretty young. He's probably still a lazy boy back then. (laughs) Well, quite possibly. But to suck some of that naivety out of the the take they were going to use – uh-huh. Which sounds look, I I get it as a directorial technique, but it sounds Painful. unpleasant and exhausting as an actor. Yeah, yeah. It's got Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, yeah, it's amazing it's cast. Great cast. I know he's really good. It's a great movie. I can't attention. Um, Panic Room is an amazing movie of tension release, tension release. It's really fantastic mm. and, and upsetting and quite hard to watch. Um, yeah. There's not – I don't feel there's a lot of tension in the Zodiac. Like in there's, – there, there's long periods of um, mm. just kind of floating along, I guess. Yeah. And there is – yeah, it's not yeah. so much on, off, on, off, on, off. I know a lot more about that case and the – people that these characters are based on, you yeah. know, the real life people that they're based on. I think one of the things that I found really unnerving, I still find unnerving about the cases has never been solved. Oh, they think they have though, mm. but they don't know. They don't know. It hasn't been solved. Oh, okay. I yeah. heard not long ago that they thought that they had they yes. cracked it. Some guys think that they've cracked it. Okay. No one involved in the case thinks that they have cracked it. Mm. Okay. I don't think interesting. It, I don't think they're probably dead. Yeah, no, he's exactly. probably dead by now. And yeah. there's no de- like what DNA do they have to yeah, be able to to do that? Like, yeah. So at they this solved stage. the um, code for his in his letters, uh-huh. but that's it. Like, there's nothing in there that's conclusive. And yeah, he probably is dead. No one alive. If no one alive knows. It will yeah. probably never be solved. Anyway, mm. this isn't a podcast about Zodiac. It's a podcast about Gone Girl, which I think is magnificent. One of the things I really like about David Fincher as a director is he has oh, – seven. Oh, yes. Okay. He has an amazing command of the camera. You are always mm-hmm. looking at exactly what he wants you to be looking mm. at. When he moves it, he moves with For purpose. purpose yeah. When it's still – He's holding your focus. He like he is masterful yeah. at how he uses the camera, mm-hmm. and you see that in this movie. Uh, yeah, at, at all points, but there are particular points where I really feel like it's never intrusive. I always feel like I'm going into cinema studies mode when I'm noticing it mm-hmm. because it does feel his films are quite naturalistic. Yeah, I yeah I don't feel like I'm noticing the camera unless I'm just really like trying to watch what he's doing to analyze mm-hmm. his technique. Yeah. So it, it never feels over the top or flashy. He's never no. showing off with how good I am at the camera. He's that subtle, you are just always looking at exactly what he wants you to look at. He mm. draws your attention in the frame to exactly what he wants you to see. 
without you having to think about it. Which is it. a very good skill to have when you're trying to do a mystery. Yes. Also, he in his movies, there's often I feel like there's often a lot of text on screen. Oh, and that was an important okay. part of this yep. because the narrative moves a little bit back and forward in time. So we mm. start with July 5th, the day of. Um, we see not great husband, uh, Ben Affleck's character, Nick Dunn, head off to the bar he owns where his sister, his twin sister, Margot, who's played by the amazing Carrie Coon, mm-hmm. who I don't think I'd ever seen her in anything before this. Oh, really? She's in the season two of The Sinner. Ah, really, really good. Third season of the Fargo TV series. Okay, yeah, she's very good. Yeah, I love her. She's she's incredible, and she's great in this. So it's Nick's fifth wedding anniversary, and he's not thrilled. No, for off the bat, you know that they're not in a happy yeah marriage at all. No, it's set up yeah very quickly. That's. Yeah, they're not happy. And we get a bit of a flashback. Mm -hmm. So we're living in Missouri and we get a flashback to the start of Nick and Amy Dunn's relationship. They're meet cute at a party. Mm -hmm. And it's narrated from Amy's point of view. And I found it so painful, this scene. It is. It feels, you know, yeah, I want to talk about that. It feels... A bit scripted, doesn't it? Yeah. And like their interactions. I understand now in hindsight why. But, God, it was painful for me to watch. I like the flirting was excruciating. Mm-hmm. It was written like a bloody Gilmore Girls episode where like everyone's saying way too many words per minute. <laughs> yep. Um, and the music who's done by Trent Reznor and I know like he's – brilliant and I've seen other movies where he's done scores for Mm. but the music in this section was like also excruciating in a way it felt like I was at a day spa like and (laughs) I was all of a sudden gonna hear dolphins start yeah (laughs) going and it was it was I hadn't noticed that but I think yeah Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross for all their strengths as um in doing soundtracks the meat cube Clearly, no, that but I also wonder if that was done on purpose to make you feel uncomfortable because it made me feel uncomfortable. Yep. And I don't know, I, I could be really harsh and be like, that was a shit scene. They did it no. like badly. They've done, oh, the music was shit. Or I could go, okay, I understand why they're, they're doing this to make you feel uncomfortable and it worked because this shit is uncomfortable and excruciating and awkward and cringy. That is exactly what I think is happening. I don't think it's an accident. I think there's two things yeah. going on. I think they are using the music to make you a little uncomfortable because watching a movie is not generally a neutral experience. Mm. If you're in the cinema, and this is based on a book, so there's going to be people in the cinema who've read it and know what happens – there's going to be people who don't. Mm. I went in the first time not, not knowing. knowing. Mm. Spoilers are going to get intense from here on out and so is the content. Probably worth doing a little content warning at this point if you want to keep listening, if you don't know the movie. Yeah. There is a lot of blood. There is a lot of violence. There's discussion of sexual violence including rape. It's quite – yeah, it gets quite gory. There's mm. there's a lot of – there'll be a lot of talk of blood and gore yeah. and, um Yeah. Yeah. And, and probably a little bit of mental violence. illness as well. And emotional abuse. Yes. Okay. 
I think the music is intentionally unsettling because if you're in the well, yeah. if you're watching this movie, you kind of know it's a thriller. Like you're there, yeah. you know that. This and it's interesting because movie- I say it's like at a day spa, but it's like at a day spa if the day spa music was suspenseful. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Like it, it's suspenseful music, but it's also using maybe all the instruments that you'd use if you're doing a day spa soundtrack. Yeah. Although some of that <laughs> is, is kind of just how their soundtracks sound too, a little bit, you know, unusual yeah. instruments. But I also think, so this was my second viewing. First time mm. I watched it, I didn't really pick up on this and it was interesting watching with you this mm-hmm. time because we actually watched it together, yeah. which we don't usually do, so that was fun. Then we couldn't really talk about it. I know. Because I, I was doing some pretty good content on the couch. I know. Um. I was like, save it for the podcast, Amy. I didn't really pick up on this the first time I watched it, or I don't remember picking up on it, but it does feel super scripted and super contrived yeah and i think well and at this point yeah we don't know that it really is scripted this yes this part this is all from amy's point of view because we're getting the version of it that she's written in her diary yeah huge clanging spoiler most of what's in the diary is not true it's yes her crafting the event after the fact. Yeah. And so particularly so snippets will be true that they met yeah. at a party and da, da 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 But what was actually said and how it was said may not be as truthful. Yeah. And I don't know how it works in the book, whether or not we're getting scripting of those scenes or not, mm. I think would be really interesting. And I um, should go and read it. But also the scene later when they're at her parents' book party mm. and she's talking to the journalists and it feels yeah, yeah. incredibly contrived. Yeah, that was a cringy moment yeah. too. And that was where it sort of dropped for me that, it's, oh, no, I'm quite sure that this is contrived on purpose. Yes. To hint or to when you know, you understand then that this is coming from Amy's yeah. point of view and it's crafted to make them look like the dream couple. Yeah. It's not like we've just gone back in time and being a um, fly on the wall kind of thing. It's It's not a flashback. Yeah. It's 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 a reconstruction. Yeah. Yep. Even early in this point, uh, Rosamund Pike has this incredibly intense gaze. Mm, Yeah, she looks crazy already. (laughs) I feel like that's harsh. I would say intense gaze, but... You would say what? I would say, yeah, she looked crazy. And I think that's what made it so uncomfortable Mm. to watch too because the the flirting was like if someone was flirting like that with you at a bar and looking at you like that the first time you meet them, you'd run. Well, not Ben Affleck's character. (laughs) Well, because it didn't really happen, did it? True, no. So we get get their meet cute. It's very constructed romantic comedy. Yeah, over-the-top romantic comedy. And then we get – we flash back into the present where Nick and his sister Margot are talking about the relationship and Margot takes a call at the bar from a guy they refer to as Watchful Walt, a neighbour of Nick's who's noticed something and wants to talk to him. So oh, it, it appears okay. that Walt is this guy who kind of like sits in his front yard all day and then yeah. he's like, you know, notices everything going on in the neighbourhood and he's noticed that Nick's house's front door is open and his cat's outside. So Nick jumps in his car and goes home to deal with that. Okay. I missed that part. Well, why wasn't Watchful Walt called on more to – he would have seen stuff. Yeah, they don't answer that. I don't know if that's covered in the book or not. Yeah, well, that's a plot flaw right there, isn't it? You didn't notice it at the time, so no, – I, did, I didn't notice it at the count. time. I think I was – 
I don't know, doing something. I was up and about every now and then mm. feeding cats. Mm. Feeding my own orange cat. So Nick goes in and finds his wife's not there. He's not expecting that. So Amy's gone and something's been pushed over and I think it was a glass coffee table's mm-hmm. been smashed. Yeah. So it's a weird little tableau in the house where nothing else seems to be disturbed. No. But the front door was open, the cat's got out and there's been an incident of some sort. So he calls the cops. Yeah. We get Kim Dickens as Detective Rhonda Boney, who is amazing. She's so good in it. And Patrick Fugit from Almost Famous mm-hmm. as her main assistant cop whose name I, I, I don't think he's got a name. No, I'm sure he's got a name. I'm just <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure she uses his name. I just don't oh. remember it because I see him and go, it's Patrick Fugit from Almost Famous. He's grown up now. I want to call him Evan for some reason. Is Evan his name in Almost Famous? Mindhunter. The TV series, Mindhunter. What's he in Mindhunter? David Fincher is the director of oh. and show creator of Mindhunter. Well, I was going to say, I was actually going to draw comparisons to Mindhunter. Well, you should. So. Because they're very easy to make and they're there. What I was going to do, no, the comparison I was going to do was when you were talking about Zodiac. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say yeah. it's like it was very similar. It's Mindhunter is Jonathan, very, very similar. Jonathan Groff has a similar quality to Jake Gyllenhaal too. I feel like you can cast them in the same kinds of Ooh, roles. You could, and they, really. And they bring a similar mm. energy. They have a similar quality as actors. Yes. They can both sing and do musicals. So mm, Very good-looking boys. And very good-looking boys, yeah. Damn Jonathan for being gay. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it's good for him. Good for him. <laughs> not you're, good. Ma- you're married. Not good for the women out you're there. You're married. But it's, good, but it's good for the gay men. It is good for so, the gay men. So, you know, <laughs> they deserve a treat. Okay, so I just looked up the editor, Kirk Baxter, who is Australian. He's from Sydney. Oh, yeah. And he's directed, like, sorry, he has edited a lot of David Finch's movies because I just wanted to call that out at this point in the movie. I really noticed, and this is a, Big part, you really make the movie in the edit. A big part of why David Fincher is such a good director is the editing is always excellent. Mm. And again, that's very much about what I want you to see at yes. exactly the time I want you to see. Yeah. So we have the scene we we're talking about where, so Amy, our gone girl, her parents have, well, I think it's her dad. Anyway, one of her parents wrote this very successful. I think it's her mum. Oh, it might be her mum. Yeah. Both of her parents seem difficult yeah in the way of i don't know rich americans i guess yeah so they have this book series called amazing amy and it's basically like a fictionalized version of her of her that she feels this is one of the parts where i do feel this is realistic Mm. she feels like she's been competing with this fictionalized version of herself her whole life Mm. Uh, so she's at a book party where they're releasing a new book in the series where the amy in the book is getting married and she's being interviewed by these journalists about how she feels about that since she isn't married. And then Nick comes over and does this, you know, very scripted. Hello, um, yes, I am a journalist here. I mean, he, they are both I journalists. Being a but ju- just a journalist right now. But he comes over <laughs> and does this very scripted, kind of ridiculous proposal in front of the journalists. And 
I assume that that went down in some sense because if that was in the diary, it would become very easy. He needs to agree with what's happening in earlier in the diary mm. so that what happens later in her diary has veracity. Yeah. But it is over the top. That was the point where I'm like, no, 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 this is definitely scripted this way on purpose. Script was written by Gillian Flynn who wrote the book. So, Oh, okay. I assume it's relatively faithful. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah, well, it's faithful in the ways that it needs to be. Yeah, I want I wanted to call out the editing at this point because we cut from the proposal to and you know Amy's effusion in in her diary about how wonderful it was to Nick in the police station being fin- fingerprinted and those juxtapositions early mm. in the film when as a viewer you don't know what's happened to Amy and you are suspecting Nick along with the cops. Yeah. Even though you, you have as little evidence as they do. The scene actually where the cops come in and um, Detective Boney is going around just um using post-its to mark where she sees blood, she sees blood and, and, things. and evidence. Like she's she's so sharp. She's such a great character. I'd, I'd forgotten how much of the movie she's in and she's fantastic. And yeah. we learn a bit more about Amy and Nick at this point too. Nick yeah. is teaching creative writing at the local community college and he has the bar and Amy – is not working and he doesn't really think she has any friends. Yeah. And they, the police are a bit like, you don't really know anything about her. And they ask him what her blood type is and yeah. he doesn't know. And then they were like, oh, you don't even know your wife's blood type. And I was like, I don't even fucking know my children's blood types. But there's a great. Like, Whoa. <laughs> no. And there's this great bit when then the Patrick Fugit character walks out and, and he kind of just think, leans over to. Detective Rhonda and he's like, should I know my wife's blood type? She's like, no. <laughs> and it was just this beautiful moment where it was the third thing where he doesn't really know what she does all day. He doesn't yeah. know if she's got any friends. She doesn't know her blood type. Um, <laughs> this is one of the things I like about his films is that, that you'll have these like, it's dark humour, but these little humorous yeah. moments. Yeah, his reason for Amy not having friends is she has very high standards, which is – Mm-hmm. Margot calls out later, just code for a bitch. Yeah. Which, I mean, it reads like that. While Nick's at the police station, also he sees so – we're getting a lot of backstory here. Like we in this conversation we learn that the mall closed and that's been really bad for the town uh-huh. um, economically and it's sort of a source of a whole bunch of like drug problems and crime. Yeah. We also meet Nick's dad who has Alzheimer's and is living in a nursing home. He's mm-hmm. wandered out and he's in the police station at the same time. Yeah, Nick isn't getting their calls because he can't get cell service in the police station, and so he drives his dad back to the police. Mm, the, sorry, assisted living to the assisted living. While "Don't Fear the Reaper" by Blue Oyster Cult plays in the in the car, which I feel like is you know a nice dark little joke. Mm. So we flash back to 2007, two years into Nick and Amy's marriage. So they're still living in New York, and they're wildly happy, and we get to see. Amy's tradition for their wedding anniversary, anniversaries yeah. that they she creates this treasure hunt based on things they know about each other and their shared history and it culminates in them being at a Chinese restaurant and they've bought each other the same beautiful sheets oh, because oh. their sex is too good for regular sheets and it's yeah it is it's 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 just too much it's yeah. over the top yeah Margot makes a great joke when we flash back into the present that Whoever took Amy is bound to bring her back. Mm. 
which I'm pretty sure when you were in preps and I was in grade two and you wandered off home without waiting for me and I thought you'd been kidnapped, pretty confident that's what I said about you. Yeah, another Amy done that no one really would want to kidnap. Well, that's what I thought. She's <laughs> been kidnapped. And then I thought, she's very annoying. They'll bring her back. <laughs> and then I got home and you were fine and I was Yeah, stressed. I just made my way home. I mean, we didn't live far from the school. Meanwhile, so Nick's staying at his sister's house um, because his is a crime scene. At some point we learned, like, this is like one of those massive mini mansions in like a nice mm. neighbourhood. Although we do learn it's rented. Everything in... Nick and Amy's, like, all of their financial stuff is in her name. Yeah. It's rented in her name. His bar is in her name. Everything is in her name. Yeah, she's all got her nothing. Money. We meet Noelle, who claims to be Amy's best friend. She's got triplets mm-hmm. and is pregnant. Lives up the road. Played by Casey Wilson, who is in Saturday Night Live and almost exclusively does comedy stuff. So it's the next day, the first day, where Amy, you know, is gone. Her parents, Nick's in-laws, arrive in town and mm-hmm. they immediately – so there's a press conference which Nick knew was going to happen and he speaks a little bit about being concerned and wanting to find Amy and then her parents have – they've already organised for this local lodge to be the centre for volunteers to come mm. and they've got a website mm-hmm. which I checked and unfortunately it's not a real they've website. let it lapse. Yeah, I bet at the time there was a website there but they've let the domain lapse. Uh, well, you, well, you – you wouldn't keep it going years later. No, almost certainly not. And but it's a shame. And there's a hotline. There's a hotline. There's a one eight hundred number. One eight hundred find Amy. Nick smiles for the camera next to a photo of his missing wife because because the photographers photographers yell at him to do so. And but we're also trained. Stupid. Yeah, but we're also trained to smile when a camera is pointed at you. You're trained from a really, really young age and I think a lot of that time, it's muscle memory, your body just takes – your mind's not thinking. Well, um, that's a problem with Nick in general. But I I feel like most people would do that. Well, if someone – if you're posing for cameras and someone yells at you smile, I think there's a real – like you've got a point. There's a really good chance you'll smile. Yeah. But – if he was really, really stressed about Amy being dead and missing. Nah, I uh, disagree. Completely disagree. You can't ever know how someone's going to react when something bad's happening. You His don't lawyer know, does say that later too. That's a good point. But you don't know how people are mm. going to react. Yeah. People I, giggle and laugh when bad things, when people have died close to them because yeah. you, you – you, your mind and body is such an overload that you do inappropriate things. Yeah. So I, I can't – no, I'm sorry. I'm not buying that, Kate. But okay, fair. I really You just dislike really this dislike character. this character. Yeah, I really dislike this character. I think it's an excellent performance from Ben Affleck. I think he's really good as a fairly unlikable man. I think See, I don't. It's, I don't really I think it's dislike him that much. This but character, but I think it's impressive that they can make a really compelling movie with a character who is not particularly likable. No, he's not really. Like I don't really. I'm quite neutral towards him. I don't like him. I don't not like him. Mm. I do feel for him a little bit later, where a woman comes up and is chatting to him, and then gets a selfie with him, and then he immediately realizes that oh, that was yeah. a mistake. Yeah. And, he does, and I think that's a better illustration of the point you're making actually where 
he's compliant and nice. His in-laws have complained a bit about, he seems like he's the mayor of the town. He comes in and says hello to people. And he's talking about, well, he's, you know, from this sort of like Midwest border, Southern town. Mm. He knows everyone in this town. He grew up, he was raised to be polite. And of course, like, and, and I'm in a small everybody. town too. Like yeah. if you were at the um, footy club where we've had emergency services stuff yeah. there before, you say hello to people. Oh, and I and don't, you would thank them. And I don't judge him harshly for that in the way that I think his parents are really very unfair at that point when they're mm. like, you know, you're saying hello to everyone. It's like, uh, of course he knows I am. everyone in this town and they're here to look for his wife. He's just being polite. Like my reaction to that was, yeah. no, 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 he's in the right there. Yeah. And it goes too far when he's kind of coerced into doing that selfie against mm. his better judgment and then immediately wants her to delete it and then it gets used against yeah. him. That's bad. Yeah, I do feel bad for him there. Amy's parents are able to fill the police in on a couple of um, potential leads. Desi mm-hmm. Collings, who was her boyfriend at high school, who they had a very – he lost it when they broke up mm. and tried to kill himself and was institutionalised and there was a whole drama. Nick knew about that. He didn't know about Tommy O'Hara, a boyfriend where things had gotten violent her parents don't know the details, just that she pressed charges and it was serious. Mm. Which I feel like also... How do you not know? How do they not know that it was serious and charges were pressed and not have... Not know more? I know. Weird. During the investigation in his house, they find the... They literally find an envelope with clue number one Yeah. in Amy's underwear drawer, which is like... You know, for, for police doing an investigation, pretty weird to find mm-hmm. something literally labelled yep. clue. And Nick gets his kind of poppy dog face when he reads it and actually knows what the, the answer. The answer. Yeah. Because I think that he'd mentioned there was a bit of a – there was a fight last year when there was something he didn't get. Right, okay. In the, so, which is also like gives us the information that, yeah, things have been not good for, for a, while. a year at least. Yeah. yeah. So they go to his office at the community college, which is where the clue directs them. He can't work out what – clue to is or at least he can't work it out in front, in of, the front of the police yeah uh and then he goes home and then he immediately sneaks out to go to visit his dad's house where he then fails to unlock the um alarm code and the cops just materialize immediately mm-hmm. well they would have been following him Almost anyway certainly oh, and like, with the they haste were there, there so quickly yeah. they would have they would have been trailing him to see what he was doing and it would be bad investigation if they weren't, honestly, yeah, exactly. because in this kind of a case, even if you have good reasons, which they do, to suspect that something happened outside the house, mm. you should look at the husband. You should yeah, always look at the husband. So we go back into Amy's diary and it's the first uh, flashback where things are actually starting to not look great for Nick and Amy, our dream couple. So Nick is losing his job. I think it's the financial crisis. It's when a lot – like. In New York, a lot of journalists lost their job at this time. Okay. Like there were a lot of outlets closing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nick loses his job. Amy's parents are having money trouble and they need most of the money in her trust fund, which is mm. the source of all her wealth. Yeah, it's like a, a, almost a million dollars. Yeah, and they start fighting. He's spending money like ir- irresponsibly for when you are, you know, kind of now not out working. of work and broke. And but she's not working either, is she? I'm not sure if she is at that point in the memory, but she does lose her job, whether it's before this or after okay. it. She loses her job as a journalist as well. 
Uh, he, they have an argument over the fact that there is a prenup. Okay. Um, it's thrown in there as, as backstory in the in uh-huh. that scene. Well, of course they've got a prenup. I think that was probably given her financial situation yeah. sensible, and it only becomes a real problem when there's a problem. Mm. So we then flash forward into now where it's the 6th of July and Amy's gone. We're at the lodge. There's volunteers everywhere. Nick notices someone who he thinks stands out in the volunteers. It's not someone he knows from the town. Mm. Um, if you know who's in the cast or you've seen the movie, you know it's Desi Collings played by Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, because we get we get shown a picture of him like five yeah. minutes earlier. Yeah, so you've got the chance in the, in mm-hmm. the audience to go, hang on. I know, I know that person. This character's going to show up because it's a recognisable yeah. actor in that photo. Yeah, exactly. You know how sometimes you'll get a – like they'll show a picture and you're like, I've I don't know who that is before. and I'm never going to see them again. And then it'll be like a celebrity whose name you know and he's like, hmm. They wouldn't have just done a photo. <laughs> no, like in Interstellar where there's a whole like side plot and they won't show you the photo and then I'm like sitting there the whole time going – it's going to be a celebrity. <laughs> it was Matt Damon. Oh, the third go. time in a movie where he was left somewhere and they had to go and collect him. So, oh, this is the point when, so Nick gets lured into the selfie when he goes following Desi. Mm. Um, and it was over someone wanted to, to give him a casserole or yeah. something. It was, like, it was an... And people are aggressive, like, yeah. as well. She was aggressive. She was aggressive and weird. And, and then just really had the photo, the camera out and said, yeah. we're doing a selfie. Yeah, she wanted that selfie to have as some kind of a collateral, mm. whether it was to share with her friends or, or make money off yeah. if he was the murderer. Yeah. Because, and then she exactly. reacted very poorly when he immediately regrets it. If you just did that and you were being friendly and you didn't think, and then they said, oh, I would like you to delete that. You would delete it. Yeah. She was like, no, no, no. She no, she knew what she was doing. So I do feel for Nick at this point. But it's interesting when you're watching the movie, if you don't know, because you're thinking, well, I mean, he's he's in the right. He's being polite. He's trying not to do stupid things, but he's reacting like a normal person. Mm. Do I feel bad for him if he's the murderer, though? No. No. <laughs> and so you don't know. You don't know if you're supposed to be on his side or not. We have a flashback to 2010 when Nick and Amy moved to Missouri. So they've both lost their jobs at this point and mm-hmm. Amy's parents have most of her trust funds so they don't have a lot to fall back on. Nick's mother has breast uh, breast yeah. cancer. Terminal. And so they move home to be with her and she – her doubts about their marriage and about Nick's feelings about her start to creep into mm-hmm. her narrative. And then we cut back to the present and Margot, Kerry Coon, is correct that Nick hasn't been telling her everything because his girlfriend shows up mm-hmm. at Margot's house where Nick is still staying because it's staying because his house is a crime scene. Yep. So Andy, we get a lot of information in this scene. Andy, played by Emily Ratajkowski, she's been contacting him on a burner phone. He buys her presents with cash. Mm-hmm. So. She is one of his students. She's young. Mm-hmm. She, they have been having an affair for more than a year. Yeah. And he hasn't told Margot, a person who he clearly spends a lot of his time with. A lot of his time is his best friend and he's kept it from her the whole time. Almost certainly because she wouldn't approve even though she doesn't like Amy. So then we flash back into Amy's narrative. 2011, Nick's mum has died. Their relationship's falling apart and... 
she raises the idea of having a kid and he shoves her against the stairwell. Mm. And this is the point where the narrative really starts to look very, very bad for Nick. Mm. We have... A flat, we have Amy's narrative for 2012. She goes to the abandoned mall and buys herself a gun. It's the third day. Margot has worked out that Nick is lying to her because he doesn't even kick his girlfriend out until it's like I day, know, in the morning. Break. Margot's just standing in the kitchen. <laughs> I mean, I, ha- I have a point that Nick is stupid. Yeah, he's stupid. He's very stupid. And... Spoiler, it's the stupidity of an innocent person. Yeah. He knows he hasn't murdered his wife. So he's doing all of these things that actually make him just look really dumb and potentially guilty. Yeah. Because he doesn't see them from the lens mm. of guilt because he's, see, not, yeah, he's I, not trying not to look guilty. Even the first time I watched it, I knew pretty early on that he hadn't done it. Mm. Like pretty within the first I knew pretty much straight away. I, I don't think I've ever, ever watched it had and had the feelings of like, oh, did he do it or didn't he? I, I pretty mm. much was on board that he hadn't done yeah. it. I felt like straight it would have away. to be incredibly unlikely because otherwise what was the plot? Yeah. And if, if she was dead the whole time, then what's the plot? What's yeah. the movie? What's that? Yeah. What's the he was at the bar talking to his sister, like instead of getting rid of a body, like. Well, he was at the beach for an hour and a half thinking yeah, about takes, their marriage. It takes longer to get rid of a body. It does if you're that. lying about when the when the body, you know, when you left the house. But anyway, yeah, it never seemed super likely to me watching it the first time because otherwise what was the plot? Yeah. But the point is to the people in the narrative, they he is doing stupid things that make mm. him look guilty. Margot is furious, which Fair, they're basically best friends and family and he's having an affair with like a 19-year-old student. No, she's in her early 20s. Oh, okay. She's not 19. She's in her early 20s. She's about 22, 23. Okay. Cable TV are ripping Nick apart. They've already decided. So the trial by media has begun. We see Tyler Perry as Tanner Bolt. Gone Girl has been on my list for a long time, but seeing Tyler Perry in Don't Look Up mm. was what made me go, yeah, let's do a Tyler Perry double feature. Mm. He was good. He is good. He, I, That's why I'm picking Medea for next week. <laughs> are you? No. I've never seen it. No, me neither. I don't whole... think I could stand. I don't think I could watch it. I'm not a huge it's fan not, of the guy from what I've seen as a yeah. lady genre of movie. Like, frankly, a lot of Tyler Perry's um, work is, it's like, Targeted to African-American audiences. Yeah, Yeah, it's not for us. So I don't, you know, mind that. Like, fair. He's got a huge audience and has made a lot of money. I know. But I love when he pops up in a little bit of a dramatic role somewhere Mm. and it's just like reminds you that, no, 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 I could do this anywhere. Mm. I am amazing. And I love him in this. Yeah, he's very good. It's another movie and the back-to-back where the contemporary costuming is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Nick's got that kind of, like he looks exactly like, as, as you described that character, former journalist in his hometown, mm-hmm. you know, like not badly dressed but a little schlubby. Amy is very kind of put together and a bit too proper and a little bit tightly wound. Mm-hmm. Tyler Perry's shirts look expensive and beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful shirts. Yes. Yeah. 
the cat pops up in the movie a lot and I love that it does because that's... And it's unusual because usually like in movies people have dogs. Yeah, because they're easier to train. Yeah, it's just like everyone's a dog person if you're in a movie. So it was nice to see cat people. Yeah, and I feel like Nick could be a dog person, but Amy is not a dog person. Yeah. No way. No, no, no. No way. But like I loved how he even requested when he wasn't able to go to the house he like put like made sure that they, the cat was getting fed that's right the detective was like i've got to feed yeah, the cat, got to feed the cat. he's asked me to feed the cat and the cat like gets locked into certain rooms with people later on and mm-hmm. it's um the cat is yeah the, a proper the character in the is, movie yeah they love the cat mm. this <laughs> makes me feel a little bit better about nick too that he does care about the cat. yeah he's not look i think at the end of the day He's not that much of a bad guy. I think he married someone who's really a lot of work, um, which is no, I mean, not true. her fault, not his fault. I think then they've become unhappy. He's had to move back home. He's doing a job that he doesn't really want to do. He's in a very unhappy marriage yeah. and so he started having an affair. Yeah. That's probably the worst of it that he's actually done. Well, I think the point is that, yeah, like he's not a murderer. No. Should he have left his wife? But also at the time, like it could be more complicated in that, that how we don't know, we know from down the track that she's crazy. Yes. So maybe he felt like he couldn't leave her. No. Especially. He didn't know how crazy she was he didn't know that she was gonna gone girl yeah, him. true but like how do you leave someone when you've moved them interstate yeah away from it's everyone a long like way i think it would be really really hard like i think it would be yeah a struggle kind of thing of like well i have to try and make it work but he's not trying to make it work he's just sitting it out while yeah exactly someone else like i think that's the part where i get angry at him is that like your points are valid that he hasn't done anything like truly terrible. He hasn't committed a crime. No. Against her. Um, and he did move her halfway across the country. Like physically, it's almost like if you move from Sydney to Alice Springs in terms of distance, you're a long way from home. Yeah, and your point too that he didn't know how crazy she was that it was a gone, gone girl. But he would know that she's a little bit fucking crazy. He you, know, he knows that she's a lot. He, I don't yeah. think he know he does not know how how, how much, much of a lot. But I think he would know that it would be a big, huge fucking but deal. He does nothing useful to try no, and fix but the most, marriage. But most he men mopes. don't. Yeah, most men don't. And. That's not okay. No, it's. I'm not saying it's okay, but yeah. I'm. I'm just saying he's not this terrible, terrible, no, he's, terrible he's person. No, he's not a terrible, terrible person. But I don't like him. No, you don't have to like <laughs> I him. Don't. I have a good um, letterboxed review though for this mm-hmm. moment uh, from Isabel. Four stars. When I gone girl, my husband. I'm not leaving the cat behind. <laughs> so Detective Rhonda comes back. Uh, Luminol lit up the kitchen. Uh, they have samples, not for DNA at this point, but it's Amy's blood type and it was everywhere. There was mm-hmm. a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. So there's a candlelight vigil that night. People in the audience are bagging Nick out as he's speaking, which is rough, but 
very easy to imagine actually happening if you suspected that he was the husband. He spots he's talking about how much he loves Amy and spots his girlfriend in the audience who mouths asshole mm-hmm. at him. Which again, I like I can see her point. Mm-hmm. But he has to be up there saying that. Mm. Noel, he uh Amy's best friend, rocks up and starts screaming at him about how, you know, he's murdered his wife and that Amy was pregnant, something that is a huge piece of news to Nick mm. because Amy has told him she didn't want to have kids. Yeah. And he has a lot of information that Noel doesn't have. But Noel and Amy apparently have been hanging out a lot. Mm. So the cops have talked to Noel. They have photos of them hanging out. Hanging out. Mm. Noel has a lot of information to share with them, including that Amy How apparently is. is pregnant, that he was terribly abusive and that they have $100,000 of credit card debt, all things that are – Apparently yeah. news to Nick. So it's looking very, very bad for him at this point. The cops confirm that there are medical records backing up that Amy is pregnant. Yeah. Okay. Please. <laughs> I was hoping that you would have some thoughts on this because I haven't been pregnant. So, so. a lot of bullshit. This would never actually fly that it would be put on her medical records. Well, here in Australia anyway. Yeah. If you go to the doctor and say – I'm pre- so the whole her needing to collect urine because mm-hmm. there's a part where she um, empties out her toilet. She gets the really heavily pregnant person to pee into the toilet mm-hmm. um, and then she collects her urine so she can do pregnancy tests at the yep. doctor's, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it works in America. <sighs> Here, if you went to the doctors, they might make you go and pee on a stick. Yep, they could make you do that. But, but they would then straight away do a blood test. That's what I thought. A hundred percent. If it's if it's hit your medical records, they've got blood te- blood work and your HC, HC, HGC levels, which is your um, the hormone for you when you're pregnant, yep. and. They would probably then even do – sometimes you have to do follow-up ones to make mm-hmm. sure that hormone is doubling at the right rate yep. for viable pregnancy. So – and she was six weeks – saying that she's six weeks pregnant. The other thing is um, a heavily pregnant woman's urine is completely different to that of someone who's newly pregnant. Oh. And a lot of – because there are pregnancy – tests now that they can accurately tell pick you. you up pick up on how much hormone is in the urine and accurately tell you how many weeks wow. you are and i've got a feeling too that the heavier like when you're really heavily pregnant mm-hmm. like the urine tests don't even really work or the, it's like right. it's What's too it? it's too far i, I remember i don't the I'm, hormone yeah i'm not a hundred percent on yeah. that but i have do you remember hearing that it's um yeah you can't really do pregnancy tests over and, i don't know i don't look, know that how true that part is there's no need if you're seven eight months pregnant it's very rare for people who are that far along mm. to not know and do a, a wee test, test. Yeah, I was going to say you would know, but no, there yeah, are definitely cases be, where people haven't known. To be on her medical records, yeah. there would be blood work. So, yeah, Nick says Amy didn't, is the one who didn't want kids, that they'd mm. done fertility treatment and that he'd made a sperm donation at the fertility clinic and then she didn't do follow-up and mm. then when the storage for the sperm was going to lapse that 
he gave the letter to Amy and she threw it away. And then he didn't tell Margot this, another thing he didn't tell Margot, because her relationship with Amy was so bad already that he didn't want to make it worse. Worse, yeah. So then we have simultaneous solving of the puzzles uh, in the contemporary timeline, not the Amy timeline. So Nick works out what... Oh, the treasure hunt. ...clue two is, and the... And he finds in his in Margot's woodshed mm. a huge stash of all of the things that were on the credit cards that have been maxed out that he doesn't remember buying and yeah. didn't know had been purchased. Yeah. And the cops find what they think the clue was, what made Nick go to his father's house, and they find Amy's diary, the diary uh, that is giving yes. us all of the backstory to it's giving us all of the Amy yeah. flashback perspective. Yeah. It's been singed around the end edges. And so now that they've got the diary and we understand where that backstory is coming from, we cut to the day of mm-hmm. Amy's disappearance mm-hmm. as she drives out of town in a mm-hmm. dinky little hatchback. But fully Why alive. did Walter see this? I suspect we see Nick a few times sneak away from the cameras and the camera crews outside his house by going out the back. Ah, uh, yeah. I would – because, yeah, she's relying on him seeing the front door open and the cat get out and she snuck out the back door and gone because I remember The car would be parked somewhere The car's else. parked a few streets away, yeah. I reckon, and it's already packed and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And so we get Amy's version of events in full now, her plan to mm-hmm. – Gone girl. To gone girl him. (laughs) How she staged the crime in their house. How she wrote 300 plus entries in a diary from scratch Mm. to create a convincing narrative of their early romance through to moving to Missouri and becoming unhappy and her then starting to fear for her life (laughs) because of her terrible husband. We get actually another one of the quotable bits of the movie, the cool girl speech that Nick wanted – when she met him, she knew what he wanted. He wanted a yeah. cool girl. Okay, so I think with her, the flaw in her diary entries mm-hmm. is there was just like she kept it really real at the start. Yeah. She should have peppered in a little yeah. bit of gaslighting and a little bit of thing like a bit more emotional stuff early on Maybe. to make it more realistic. Maybe. That there was actual abuse because in her diaries it goes from being completely happy, 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 happy to, oh, he's pushed me when we've talked about babies. Well, yeah, but there's also like we're getting updates that are like months or a year apart. Mm. So it's kind of like they moved to Missouri and she's like, I wish he'd asked. Like, of course I would have gone, but I wish he'd asked. And then they're in Missouri and his mum's died and she's like, well, I don't know like what I have to do here. And then it's like a year later and she's miserable. So it's okay. like we're getting – if there's 300-plus entries, like there's entries in the in between that we're not getting and we're just getting the yeah. highlights of everything going rotten. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a bad point. Maybe she did. No, they would have showed it. She didn't. It's two and a half hours long. Remember when I said every movie should be under 110 minutes? And then you gave us this gem. <laughs> and then I went home and then I picked this. No, I'd already picked this movie, forgetting how long it was. Went home, looked at it and was like, oh, no. It was a cell phone. Because <laughs> then I, was, I had to sit down and watch it and find time. So we get, we get Amy's perspective. She feels 
she made Nick a better person. She made him a better person by being someone he wanted her, that she would like. Mm. That was a terrible sentence, but yeah. Never be with someone to make like and no. then to make them a better person. <laughs> never never pick someone as a project and if someone is making you a project, get out. Oh, it's just no. It's a bad sign. It's one of those bits early on when we're getting Amy's true narrative though where you get that oh yeah, she doesn't see that this is crazy and terrible behavior, but it like I can see yeah. that it's terrible that she felt that she had to improve Nick and make him a project and she kind of owns him because of that. Yes. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. That's really bad. And she just doesn't see that at all. No. So when Nick finds all of the stuff in Margot's woodshed and, and shows it to Margot, he clicks at what's happening. He understands that Amy, they had. he tells Margot that the morning Amy disappeared, it was their anniversary and he wanted to ask her for a divorce and, and just and didn't have the guts and she said go off and think about our marriage and so knowing mm. that he goes down to the beach and reads the paper and that's where he goes and has his like alone time thinking mm. so that she would create a chunk of time in his morning where he didn't have an alibi mm-hmm. so that then Margot would only be able to say he showed up at the bar at 11 yeah and th- and then the cops would have to trust even that he left the house and was at the beach for an yeah. hour and a half. Maybe the guy across the street would have seen him. Maybe not. Mm. But that there would be a big chunk of time in his narrative that that was unaccounted for. Yeah. And so he starts to – now he's starting to really understand, oh, she's a lot, but she's yes. actually Yeah, he says this. she's staged managed me. Yeah. And we see the rest of Amy's plan coming into play in place of – the flashbacks from her diary, we get the flashbacks of her real life, making friends with her neighbour, using the public internet to go and now that she's escaping, see what's happening in the story uh-huh. around her disappearance. Yep. Um, oh, yeah, no, she, sorry, she meets her new neighbour. She, she hits herself in the face with a hammer to give herself a, an injury that looks like she's been beaten by a partner. Mm. Why? It's not clear. I'm not sure. Like I could guess. Does it ingratiate her with the neighbour who has a split lip and she's suspecting the same thing? Maybe. Mm. Does she want to feel what it feels like if her narrative about Nick was true? Mm. In case someone spots her maybe. And maybe. Then she says he beat me and I, and I ran got, and dyed my out. hair. And yeah. Yeah. Maybe. So Nick is finally realising – What's happening? Mm-hmm. We get a flashback from Amy revealing that she knew Nick was cheating. She saw him with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And that's why she's done all yeah, of this. That's why it's vengeance and yeah. not just leaving him or no. hurting him in some normal way. Or not like just confronting him and yeah. getting a divorce. And taking all his money. Because that's the thing. <laughs> she has a lot of the power in this relationship. I know. She could, just she could kick him the out. The in his name. She could bars just say, see you later. It's Go all. live with your sister. Good luck. Yeah, she could do that and that would be totally fair. Harsh but fair. Not which harsh. is fine. Well, not that harsh really. No, I don't think that's harsh. I think but plotting no. This the is harsh. Staging their yeah, yeah. This isn't staging your murder's harsh. This isn't a normal bad breakup or just a normal rough breakup. This is vengeance. This is wild. This is not realistic from this point on. No. At all. 
And I think that's what I do enjoy about this movie. Like it's we're talking about it's not one that you want to go back and like rewatch a lot because it's mm. it's not a comfort movie. But I like it a lot because it does not feel realistic. It's really yeah. nicely constructed. Yeah, it's very well done. Nick goes to New York to lawyer up. We get mm-hmm. Tanner Bolt, Tyler Perry appearing in character, not on the cable TV networks in for the first time. Nick pulls out the story and Tanner like believes him and loves it that she mm-hmm. is like, look, assuming this is true, she's diabolical and he's actually kind yeah. of impressed. Yeah. Tyler Perry is like Tanner is a delightful character. Mm-hmm. Like he's really enjoyable as a lawyer for Terrible, terrible people. Yeah. He's just a genuinely fun character with yes. extremely beautiful sh- shirts and, and suits. And I love him. He's, um, he, he brings a lot of energy and, um, enjoyment into the narrative, mm-hmm. which is like otherwise like kind of full on. Mm-hmm. So Nick tells Tanner about Tommy O'Hara and Desi, the two other potential suspects. And Nick finds Tommy, so mm-hmm. that he's back in New York to get Tanner, and he, and well, uh, Tanner is able to, with that name, identify who um, the correct Tommy O'Hara is immediately. Yes, and Nick makes contact, and we get, I think, an uncredited performance from Scoot McNary, who was in Halt and Catch Fire, and a, and a number of other things. Uh-huh. He's a really good actor, and we get his story about yes. dating Amy before Nick. Because Nick had never heard of him. Never heard of him. And never had heard about this assault or anything, which he kind of thought was really strange. Which is really strange. strange. So Tommy, yeah, was realising that the relationship wasn't going to work because Amy viewed him as a Mm fixer-upper. They were fighting about it. Um, And it's it's an incredible scene. The short version, version is that... She, they have consensual sex, and then he finds himself charged with rape mm. um, because she has rape consistent injuries. And yeah, she bought and ties and wanted to her, use yeah. ties, and then she had ligament marks on her wrist. Yes. So it looked like it, she'd been tied to a bed and yeah. raped. Yeah, violently. And we work out how she does that later. Yes, we do. <laughs> this is. Both backstory and foreshadowing. It's a horrible, horrible, but extremely clever moment in the movie. So he pleads down to avoid jail time, but has not been on a date in a decade. No, Can't get a job a because he's a registered sex, sex offender. Yeah. It's ruined his she's ruined his life. But and he, he says a great line when he you know, because she's missing now, presumed mm. murdered. And he's like, Well, I was watching the TV and I just said She's graduated from being raped to being murdered. Yeah. So he knows. He knows. That she's – he fully is on Nick's side, fully believes that she's plotted. Gone girl him. Yeah. Yeah. But he, this is all her plot. Nick doesn't know about Tommy because Tommy is the person who has truly seen her and what she's capable of. Yes. And if Nick knew about Tommy, then he would know that this was possible. Yeah. And that's why I think he doesn't – he's only just now realising yes. she's a psychopath. This is – yeah, she's she not really just can do this. a lot of work. But, yeah, Tommy, amazing scene. So Amy and her neighbour, played by Lola Kirk, are watching the news about Amy. I think she's calling herself Nancy. Is she? Yes. Okay. I feel like the scene where she 
besides yeah, her she's... name is Nancy, she's literally just pulling a name out of the air and it's the first name that occurs to her. It's not like a it's not a super contemporary name, is it? No. No, it feels I wonder if it's a Nancy Drew reference that she came up with in her mind. Oh, probably. It, she's that type of character. She, she feels she called herself Vera. <laughs> she should have. My name is Miss Maple. <laughs> this is the part where I feel like Amy, she hasn't really planned. She's got a calendar with loads of like little post-its oh, on. She loves is she going to kill herself today? But like, and when she's going to poke things in yeah. the story to try and progress Nick's Let's demise. Let's just talk for a second about her plan to kill herself. Yes. Because she decides that she needs to kill herself at some point because there will need to be a body. So yeah. he gets the death. Yeah. penalty that's like you're taking this to extremes mm-hmm. she's she so willing to kill yourself yeah, so he gets the death penalty because he slept with someone younger than you she is so consumed by vengeance that yeah she's not actually thinking this through is she no no that's like that's that's wild that's crazy so, yeah, they're watching TV together, her and her neighbour. And and it's a real uh, Superman Clark Kent moment, isn't it, that she wears. <laughs> so basically all she's done is put a scarf on her head and some glasses on. Now, I wear glasses half the time. So yeah. do you. Yeah. I don't feel like I people down the shops at IGA can still recognise me with my glasses and a mask on when mm. usually they see me without glasses and no mask on. True. Like mask on or off, I'm quite recognisable. Not that hard. No, to the, the Clark people. Kent thing doesn't work in real life. No. Um, she has dyed and cut her hair. Yeah, but then she's put a scarf over it anyway. Yeah. Like she's a bloody maid from the forties. But the point is, they don't. She's not actually recognised as Amy. I know. Even though she's done a fairly crappy even job. Even though they're sitting there watching her plastered over the TV, and there's not even an inkling there's that's what i don't like about this section is there's not even an inkling of you look a bit like her no you know what i like about it they don't give a fuck they don't give a fuck about amy they don't care enough about amy dunn the woman on tv yeah to even consider uh, yeah that's maybe. it like yeah. they've accepted the narrative that's most likely based on what you're getting from cable tv which is probably her husband murdered her mm and that's, I think, as the thing that galls gone. Amy. Hasn't, she's never not been the centre of the universe before. Like, this character tells her that she thinks that this Amy looks kind of uppity and she doesn't yeah. like her. Yeah. And Amy's response is to spit in her drink when she's in the bathroom. Yeah, like, she's a bitch. Like a teenager. Like she's, <laughs> yeah. It's like a high school bitchy move. Yeah. She's, she's got no idea. Like, she's talking about it and you know she's built this narrative where everyone's going to love her and be so sad when she's dead and mm, demand not Nick's blood. That way. And the thing is there are plenty of people who just who don't like her or don't give a shit mm. and that's confronting. She's not as smart and she hasn't planned this quite as well as she thought she had. Yeah. 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 So Nick decides he's going to – he's found where Desi lives in uh, St. Louis – and is going to call by on his way home from mm-hmm. New York. Uh, he's in – this is one of my favourite bits in the movie because it's it's genuinely quite funny and gross, where he's in the airport lounge and his case is on TV and um, the anchor's talking about how close he is with his twin sister yeah. and there's, like, two guys behind him will, who are like, it's twin-cest. <laughs> 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 it's not. 
but gross people. And he like they have no idea he's there. But it's actually, <laughs> but it's like in the movie, quite a funny moment. So Nick finds Desi. He goes to his house. We see that yeah, it is Neil Patrick Harris for mm-hmm. real. Nick recognizes him as the guy he saw, not just from the photo, but yeah, he was at, at the, the lodge uh-huh. to volunteer. And tells Desi Amy's version of what happened when they broke up, accepting and kind of throwing the line out for Desi that, well, maybe this isn't your version of events. Maybe this isn't what happened. And Desi won't talk and shuts the door. We get nothing from Desi at this time. So we don't know if that is his version. No, we don't get it confirmed. We, uh, We never find out, do we? But from what we see of Desi later, I'm inclined to think that maybe it is. Okay. And maybe it's Amy's introduction to the kind of power and control she can she have has, over. Yeah, man. and she gets she gets a taste for it. Yeah. Back in town, Detective Rhonda is re- reading the diary and she just feels it's a little bit sus. There's something mm. about the story that is a bit too crafted yeah. and too good. They were too perfect yeah. and then, boom, not perfect, yeah. like I said. Yeah, you're right. And Rhonda <laughs> agrees. She's like, nah, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Um, Patrick Fugit is just like, I don't like um, Ben Affleck and why don't you just accept that? So you're much more the sensible detective Rhonda who's being measured and I'm just like, mm. no, I don't like I don't him. Like his face. I don't like him. I don't like his face. Um, but, yeah, she's not going to arrest him until she feels very confident yeah. that they have evidence yeah. that he did this because they don't have a body. No. It's really hard in potential kidnapping or disappearances and murders to prove anything if you don't have a body. Mm-hmm. Tyler Perry arrives in town. Um, they work out. Elvis is in the building. Yeah, Elvis say. is in Missouri. It was great. Um, I just, I, I'm delighted every time he's on screen. And this is where I noticed, it's like, his shirts, though. <laughs> I, did, I did not notice his chest. shirts at all. I think lilac at one point is oh, a good colour on him. Okay. Anyway, I was just, I noticed the costume. I always try to pay attention to the costuming and I liked it. So they work through, Margot and um, Tanner and Nick work through uh, Amy's clues from the treasure hunt mm-hmm. and work out that, look, Nick doesn't know – he knows the other ones. He doesn't know what might have been at his dad's house that he does – they do feel mm. like he was directed there by the clue yes. when he got caught by the cops and he doesn't know. They show up there and see that it's all been marked off as a crime scene and so and Tanner assumes, okay, it's, it's bad. We don't know what it is and it's bad. Mm-hmm. So I've had the diary for a day or two, I think, at this point. Yeah. Back with Amy, her – new friend and like Amy is incredibly bad at making friends because yeah. she's a horrible person. Well, yeah, she and she hasn't got the skills to do it. She's she's too self-centered. Yeah. She's got no empathy. So her neighbour, Lola Kirk, is hanging out with this like kind of sketchy guy who has a broken arm. Has a broken arm. Does he, is he, does he live there? Is he working there? I I'm think unclear. they, yeah, I don't know. It looks like they live there. Yeah. Like, she's living there and mm. I'm not sure what his role is. But anyway, they all start hanging out. Um, They're playing Amy, min golf. Yeah. Amy drops her bum bag, money belt. And Why they, did she have it on her? Like, lock it in your room, you idiot. She isn't as smart as she thinks she is. And so they cotton on that she's got money and decide to rob her. And mm-hmm. they rob her. And so she is in trouble. 
this is where her meticulous planning starts to fall apart. And they have the chance to work out who she is. Yeah. Like uh, Lola Kirk's character, you know, says like she's, you know, she weird box hairdo. She's noticed that the glasses are, are fake. Like she knows that this is someone mm. pretending to be someone else. She has enough information. She's been watching the news. She could put it together. Yeah, she and the just thing doesn't. Is, not because she's not smart enough. I think she just genuinely doesn't because it's a diss to Amy. But mm. she didn't. She doesn't care enough about mm. Nancy to try and put together what she's hiding yeah, what's from. Happening. She doesn't yeah. care. And that's the real sting to Amy that it's fallen apart. And it wasn't even this big reveal of her wicked plan. It's literally now she's just broke and she's yeah. stuffed. Yeah. Tanner decides that Nick has to go on TV. Mm-hmm. Because he wants to get – he Tanner's really, really um, adamant that Andy's going to go public, that the, yep. the mistress – because they always do. And we know that from past cases mm-hmm. of, of where this has really happened, where the yep. husband really has killed their pregnant wife yeah. because it seems to be a thing that mm-hmm. happens. It does. Um Which is part of Amy's narrative that at the start she's reading true crime. Like yeah. she – creates the fake pregnancy specifically because it puts her in a high-risk category to be murdered yes. by her husband. It makes the story more believable. Mm-hmm. So the girlfriends always go public. Yeah. And, and Tanner knows that and he's like, it's only a matter of time. We've and, got to get ahead of the Nick's story. And like, no, she's, she's, she would never do that. And they're like, mm-hmm. no, no, we've got to get she's ahead of the story. To, you, you need to come out and say that you've made mistakes and that you've – Admit it. You know, this da-da-da-da. And as they are getting ready to film, mm-hmm. Andy it, goes public. It goes public. <laughs> it happens right before the interview. So it's not great timing, but it's not terrible timing. Like for no. the journalist, she's like, this is fantastic. Yeah. It doesn't change anything for her. Yeah. It actually makes it a more meaty, exciting story. Yes. Meanwhile, Amy is sleeping in her car and she's stuffed. And this is something that occurred to me. So if she really was going to kill herself to make Nick look mm. like he murdered her, this is when now you would do is the it. Time. Now is yeah. the time. We both said the that to each other apart. when yeah. it happened. Like, you'd do it now. Yeah. She doesn't She's want to die. She's not going to actually kill herself. No. Which was never really in her plan. No. She wanted vengeance so badly, she didn't actually think about whether or not she wanted to die. She doesn't actually want to die. No. And so she comes up with a new terrible plan called Desi, who is really still obsessed with mm-hmm. her. Oh, that's right, because Nick found him because Desi has, like, continued to – he knows He's got her address and yes. he's written to her. So she calls Desi and she spins him a tale that Nick really did threaten to kill her, that that whole version of events is yeah. true, and that instead she, of him killing her, she ran because he threatened that if she left, he would kill her. Mm-hmm. So she's got a fake bruise that's faded out. So actually that worked out to be quite a clever plan yeah. on, her, on her part. She's still quite swollen too. She mm. she kind of was puffy, which I don't know how that happened. Well, they also have her eating heaps of food, like just eating loads of junk food, but also it's like oh, – It's only been a few days. You don't only been a few days on that fast. At this point, we're only like a week into the story or maybe two weeks mm. into the story and they kind of pat her out like she's put on all this weight. I mean, it's like – I'll see, no. I just thought it was – Swelling from when she bludgeoned herself, but I also that would was make more sense. But I also was confused why both sides were chip monkey. Yeah, so I think they're trying to pat her out like she was putting in so much effort to stay thin, and then suddenly she eats like three mini donuts and 
Anyway. <laughs> okay. Not realistic. <laughs> they go too far. This is like, I think this movie is excellent and I don't have a lot of criticisms, but that's one. And the wigs aren't amazing. Oh, the wigs are terrible. They yeah. could have gotten better wigs. With oh, all yeah. this money, like. Yeah. It's, it's not a cheap looking movie. Oh, but no. But the wigs but are the not. wigs are terrible. Well, the wigs look like wigs. They're not awful wigs, but they look no, like No, but there's so much better styling you could. Yeah. The wigs could have been styled better. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, so Amy meets up with Desi. There's like somewhere in Missouri. I don't know. He lives in St. Louis. She's still in Missouri. They meet up at some casino. Um, and the Andy story is breaking on the casino TVs as they're leaving. Mm. And, yeah. She Amy gets hates mad. her. She's so mad. <laughs> she hates her so much. Why is she dre- – she is dressed like a choir girl. Yeah, it's like, like why is she dressed like a Mennonite? But that is also if you are the, you know, a sexy young woman who's having an affair with this older man who now might have murdered his wife and you need to get ahead of your story mm-hmm. to – Make it clear that you are not, involved, not involved in that crime, yes. which is why they always go public. Well, of course. Yeah, because you would. You'd be like, shit, I'm going to be implicated mm. as you start to like not hear from him and start to think, oh, maybe it's true. Of course you dress like a Catholic school girl. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we don't actually see the content of Nick's interview at the time. We see him come into the room and – all of the crew are there and they like clearly a lot of them think he did it. Like none of the um, female crew will meet his eyes. He smiles at the, at the woman who comes to like put more powder and, um, and we just cut across to Tanner and, and Margot and Tanner's like, uh, one of them says like, you shouldn't have smiled at the makeup girl. And the other one's like, fucking right. Like mm. they, he keeps sort of making those silly yeah. mistakes. Yeah. Well, there's, they seem like mistakes, but it, he hasn't actually done it. So he's yeah. been doing normal, everyday human. And at this stage, yeah. he knows that she's alive. Oh, true. Yeah, at this point it really he, is. He isn't worried he's anymore worried, of yeah. where she is. He knows that she's orchestrated this. Yeah. So he's probably a bit more relaxed in his body language and demeanour be. anyway yeah. because he knows that it's, it's actually happening to him. True. And Tanner has people looking for her like. Yeah. He feels confident at this point that they might find her and yeah. that it's all going to work out and that's what this interview is for. Yeah. So we don't see it at the time. We see it setting up and then we see him and Margot very happy afterward mm-hmm. and Tanner's really pleased with how Gone it went. Gone really well. Meanwhile, we arrive at Desi's lake house. It's not even apparently his main house. Mm. So we saw Amy at the start and we see, you know, clearly she's from money – we don't know really where Desi's money comes from, but they clearly went to an expensive boarding yeah, school Yeah, they're together. at boarding school together, so and he's, he's got money. mega rich, mm-hmm. massive, amazing house. Like the lighting, like he doesn't have to turn on the lights. It's all just like automated and it moves through the house with you and it's got loads of security cameras on the outside so you can see anyone coming or going. So she can feel safe that Nick won't come for her there. Mm. Which is like, but yeah, it also is just like she's going to be watched twenty four seven. Yeah, she by can't this creepy now bolt. Guy. She can't steal the you know expensive things and bolt. Yeah, and again, she felt like I think this was her only option that Desi would save her. But the problem is Desi, I think also is kind of psycho. Like he's not. Um, he doesn't come across as mentally stable and he is obsessed with her. Mm. He wants to possess her. It's an extremely mm. unhealthy, obsessive relationship. Mm-hmm. 
her deciding to trust him was a very risky move on mm-hmm. her part. And she starts to work that out. Like as soon as she's Pretty in there, she's like, straight away. oh, okay, this I hadn't really planned for this. So Amy checks out the camera situation. Desi comes back and he's bought her clothes, hair dye, yeah, and, and explains where the back. gym is in the house. So basically it's like as soon as you start to look more like yourself, you'll feel better. And he's basically immediately like, come on and get in training to be my sex doll. Yeah. Now, something I asked you when we were watching it, but because then we do see her, I don't know, a few days later and suddenly she's like lost any of the puffiness. Uh, her hair's been trimmed in what looks like a professional cut. Well, not and trimmed. That is a new style cut. That is a new style. <laughs> so she's got a – instead of like the Missouri bathroom trim Hack job she had, that she did. She's got a beautiful uh, chin-length bob. Yeah, it's graded at the back. Like It's not – Desi didn't do that. No. Desi didn't do that. She didn't do that. You can't do that kind of a cut to yourself. Maybe he took her to a hairdresser. Oh, no, he bought her a box dye, didn't he? He bought her a box dye. And that's the part where I'm like – She's got beautiful blonde highlights. That's not a box dye no. over the weird mucky brown. Oh, no way. The mucky brown did look like a shitty box dye. Yeah, that was good. Like that was one of the parts of the that wig that worked. But this, look, she looks incredible. But it was a, a moment in the movie that kind of and took her me hairline. Her hairline was yeah. completely different. This is her real hair. <laughs> this is a, this is me being very nitpicky, but. This took me out of the movie when I saw mm. it and this time, both times where I was like, that's not realistic that her yeah. hair ended up like that. Like, no, if which she is dyed why, it dark would have been perfect. Which is why what they should have done is have her normal hair mm. and what she should have just whacked a wig on when she wanted to be someone different Yeah, and then just taken the wig off. Yeah. Like pulled out a cheap wig, ripped a tag off, fashioned that on her head and then yeah. put a scarf on would mm-hmm. have been more believable yep. than um, the the bad wig at the start, dyeing the hair and then having this immaculate hairdo at the end. <laughs> it's one of those moments where it's like it's a movie and that's why everyone, and that's why it is like this. Yeah. It's not realistic. So Nick um, sneaks out to go over to Margot's house to watch the interview. It's airing the next night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Desi and Amy are watching it together. Really hate Desi's square wine glasses. This is just a thing I noticed. Oh, I, I didn't like notice them. his wine glasses. Like, I've never seen square ones. They're not like a bowl. They're kind of they're like angled where it's like a flat bottom for the wine oh. vessel and then and straight. So it's like a column. Hate them. I don't know why. I just find them really unpleasant to use. I've never seen them before. Part of me just like, well, I don't like Desi as a character either because he's off. No, because I he's hate like, his wine glasses. I noticed his wine glasses like, hate him. <laughs> so, you know, maybe making some rational choices about how I feel about this character here. <laughs> Desi is creepy. Like the house is amazing. But it's like they, I, they're like fancy contemporary wine glasses anyway. I just feel really strongly about those wine glasses and I don't know why. Nick performs really well in what we see of the interview. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about Tanner training him and like hitting him with a a gummy bear every time he, you know, was basically like making the wrong face Mm -hmm. or whatever. So he had been a bit media trained. Yes. Which he needed because he kept making those little errors that came from his innocence but made him look bad. Yes. So Tanner has been excellent for him and I hope hope Tanner flourishes. Maybe we could have a (laughs) spinoff. Amy is fascinated 
by Nick's telling of their relationship and his failures and the version of events that he spins on the TV mm-hmm. show. She's into it. Yeah, she loves it. She loves it. She, I don't get a sense that she forgives Nick, but she's interested in him again in a way mm. that she hasn't been for a long time. Mm-hmm. Because he's telling the version of the story that she believes where he's elevated himself because he w- wanted her love. Mm. You know, that she she made him who he, he is. And he is asked if there's anything he wants to say if, to her if she's out there and he mentions the woodshed. Like he if, said himself I've gone to, the to the woodshed, woodshed about this, the, to, which is a, not a phrase anyone says but is no. just lets her know he's, At, he's, he's found, found the woodshed. Yeah, and he's worked out what's going on. And something that happened like early in the movie in their meet cute that she doesn't trust him, he's got a villainous chin and he like puts his – two fingers over his chin to kind of cover it. And it's a it's an in-joke. It's a personal joke. And he looks down the barrel of the camera to talk to him and he does that. Like he's sending the message to her. Yeah, to say, I know you're alive, bitch. And I want that. <laughs> but also, you know, I want you back. I care. Um, this is your version of events. Yeah. Um, we were that happy and we were that beautiful couple. We can be that And again. she loves it. She's going for yeah. it. And because De- Desi's like – Wants to watch it. She's only watching it with Daisy because he insisted. She wanted to watch it alone. Um, Daisy's kind of like, no, let's stop watching this now and like immediately yeah, lose his hold. She's, she's into it. Yeah. She's engaged. Apparently the internet response is fantastic. They all love Nick and think that mm-hmm. was a great interview. And then the cops roll up. They've put together the woodshed. A piece of information that they have kept from the cops, which does feel... I know, they really should have called them. I I understand why they didn't, because it makes him look really guilty. But hiding it makes them look more guilty. Why they left all the stuff there then? If if you're going to not tell the cops, then just completely get rid of it. And Nick really loses it because they arrest Margot. Mm. For him, that's like the bit. So Desi decides he's moving into the lake house with Amy and she's just like, mm-hmm. this is not what I planned for at all. This is now a problem. Yeah, I've got this live-in ex-boyfriend that yeah. wants to be my boyfriend again. And, yeah, make me into, you know. And keep me hidden forever because yeah. I'm apparently murdered. Which, look, she understands enough to play into his version of events that, you know, they need to stay in the country until Nick's, you know, at in least jail. in jail. Nick's being questioned and is not listening to his lawyer and he's answering questions yeah. that he doesn't need to and shouldn't be. And, again, Tyler Perry's performance, everyone is A-grade. Like, Detective Ronda is A-plus in this. Ben Affleck is, you know, exasperated. Tyler Perry is tense as hell because Tanner does not like not knowing what's happening. What's happening? Yeah. Tanner is in charge at all times, and he doesn't know what questions oh, are going to come out, or if Nick is going to listen to him and what answers are going to come out. And it's a it's a masterclass in itself. Just that little scene between them all. He just radiates frustration at not knowing what's happening. So we cut to. I guess a little bit of time passes that we don't see because when we next see Nick, he's out on bail mm. and Amy has had the haircut. So mm-hmm. when she was watching the um, interview, she was still dowdy Nancy Amy. <laughs> and now she's got lingerie. Like she's, yeah, making, she's breakfast making breakfast in lingerie. Pancakes in lingerie, yeah. She's got a beautiful haircut. 
But she hasn't slept with Desi yet. No. She's not ready. It's too fresh and new, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes off to work to do whatever he does. Work, business. We don't need to know. Business things. Desi goes to do expensive business things. And Amy stages something for the cameras. Mm -hmm. So she finds a bottle of red wine, um, stains her top so it looks like she's been bleeding from the groin Mm -hmm. and collapses in a corner that she knows is covered by the cameras and and is screaming in such a dramatic way. Well, the thing is that when you cut into the house, she's miming. She's not even screaming. She's just miming screaming. Yeah, which is – which. It's over the top. It, which makes it look fake. Mm. It looked very fake. It did. And we know it's fake, but it <laughs> did also look fake. Like, she's not. She doesn't As If you're going to pretend to scream, you've got to scream. Yeah, she should scream. So then we see how, I presume, how we basically see her play out the exact story that Tommy O'Hara mm-hmm. told Nick in yeah. terms of we see how she's created injuries consistent with rape, not going to describe the whole thing but she does a thing with her wrists with to create mm-hmm. ligature marks and resistance on her wrists and some other stuff that if you've seen the movie you know and then she seduces desi in exactly the same way that tommy mm-hmm. described where she's extremely aggressive and it's rough but she's into it and this scene is incredibly violent and bloody and i hadn't remembered this from the previous viewing but it's it's it strobes the image in and out I think to reduce how intense it seems yeah I didn't notice that happening at all so so we've seen obviously done very well because I didn't notice that that's what was happening so Amy has stolen a like a Stanley knife or some kind of like a pocket knife box cutter cutter, thing hidden it in the bed and Slashes Desi's throat. And I know. He bleeds and I have seen this movie before, her. and I had no recollection of this happening. That was funny to me because that is an <laughs> extremely memorable scene, and that was the thing I remembered most about no, this movie. I couldn't really remember after I knew that she met dodgy people mm. at a motel. Yeah, and everything after that, I have no memory of. Did you just block it out because it was so intense? Because it's. No, I don't think it was that. I think it either was breastfeeding a baby. I may not have even gotten to finish the movie. Well, I mean, that would (laughs) explain a lot. Because, again, I feel like this is – it's a lot of blood. It's very memorable. So she – I haven't given Neil Patrick Harris his props for this role. I still think it's incredibly impressive at the time. Like, he was known mostly for comedy. I had never seen him do anything like this. I didn't know he had – a performance like this in him, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. He's really good. And so then he gets his throat slit and it's very bloody and disgusting. She is covered mm. in, like soaked in well, blood. she's slit his jugular. Yeah, like he arterial bleeds all mm-hmm. over her. So, yeah, 30 days gone. Nick's – it's looking bad. She hasn't turned up. He's been arrested and charged. There's still a hell of a lot of cameras at his house yeah. every day. I feel like at that point in the story, it's a bit dead too. Like I'm surprised mm. that there were that many. But it's lucky for Amy because she rolls up in a car, still in the lingerie, covered in blood, mm-hmm. and Nick comes outside and she sort of like embraces him. I think him. he's already. I think he's putting bins out or something. Oh no, that's right. Yeah, like he he's is outside. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he. She like embraces him, and we get a beautiful cut where. 
all of the cameras are catching this beautiful moment, I guess, as she planned, as she was hoping. She may have picked the specific day because she, I don't she, know. She would have been waiting around the corner until all the news crews feels like it that showed up and waited for him to come out to do the bins. Like, yeah. I feel like she really, she's a stage manager, she as is. he said. Yeah. Like, she's not perfect, but she is a planner. I love the shot where she's embraced him and, and we cut to only we can see him whispering, you fucking bitch, in her yeah. ear. And then she faints for the cameras. Yeah. She doesn't faint. She doesn't faint. <laughs> she's back. So Nick and Rhonda, like Nick knows this isn't what happened, that yeah. that she wasn't um, kidnapped by Desi. This is the new version of events. Yeah. Desi showed up at her house. She tried to placate him. She let him in. He attacked her. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't able to defend herself. And that's her her explanation. I guess she's had two or three weeks to come up with a plan for how does she explain the staging of the crime. Yeah. Nick and Rhonda don't fall for it. So Nick knows, of course, but Rhonda also is immediately suspicious. But... The FBI are there and they've taken over the case. And I think this is because of, I don't even know if this is true. It's a fact I learned from Veronica Mars from their kidnapping subplot. I believe kidnapping is a federal offence mm-hmm. in the US. And so the FBI, like as soon as there's a big kid, kidnapping case, they'll come in and take over. Yeah, okay. So I think that's what happens here where the FBI eat it up. Yeah. Amy's still, co- she's covered in dried blood. She's uh, <laughs> dosed up from... Um, painkillers the doctors have given her because she has they say the line exactly the same way that she has injuries consistent with rape like yes. said exactly the same way that Tommy O'Hara says it yeah. to Nick in the bar um because they can't prove that no. she's been raped well she's because... got injuries and she's got Desi semen in her mm. so she's got great evidence there's no proof like she's got great evidence that's proof yeah. As far as the FBI are eating it up, it's like a whole room of FBI jackets just gazing at her and the, the lead interviewer is just like eating it up. Mm. I don't know who he is, but it's a great tiny performance of yeah. him just like feeling for, for it. And, yeah. Rhonda's up the back and she's she's the one she's nitpicking. She's asking the, yeah, but I want to ask about this. I want to ask about that. How did this happen? Yeah, She's the chinks, trying mm-hmm. to find the chinks in the armour of the story. And she's finding them. And, and she's, she's kind of getting, getting shut yeah, down. Yeah, they, they're so not interested. Amy tells that version of the story as Rhonda starts to really actually kind of bring up some valid points. Mm-hmm. We get this great line from Amy. I'm sorry. I feel myself fading. <laughs> and then blames Rhonda and her cops for being too oh, no. incompetent My to solve the case. My husband would have been in rotting in jail if it was left up to you. I mean, Amy wins that round, unfortunately, and it's so frustrating to see Rhonda be right. I know. And making all of these points about the holes in Amy's story. I know. Tanner gets in front of the media and he's so slick and amazing and my favourite character. Mm, I can tell. (laughs) Definitely. I didn't realise it. I love Rhonda You want to cosplay as as Tanner. You want want to to wear his shirts. (laughs) I want Tanner's shirts for real life, Amy. I would cosplay as Margot because it's just oh. band t-shirts and jeans and, yeah. I, could, and I could do that with uh, my clothes. Yeah, I would and cosplay glasses. as Amy in the next scene. Yeah, fair, because it's the best outfit. Yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah, so Tanner goes in front of the press. Amy gets discharged from hospital. Mm-hmm. The FBI are basically like, well, 
this case is solved. Shut up, Rhonda, which yeah. is incredibly frustrating. We like for her. to put things in nice boxes and tie pretty bows on them and mm. not think about them mm-hmm. again. Yep. And Rhonda's like, "You people are the worst cops in the world." She doesn't say yeah. it, but you see it on her face. Yeah. So then. Amy and Nick are alone in the house. And Nick asks her, like, tell me what happened. Tell me the story. And she's just like, you have to take all your clothes off. I want to know that you're not wearing a wire. If you were Nick, okay, I have sympathy for Nick in this moment. Like, I I think I'm reacting to Nick as if he's a real person and I would not like this person. Yeah. It's a, like, he's a fascinating character. It's an interesting character. Mm. And I think this is a thing David Fincher does really well. His characters are not necessarily likable, but you're really intrigued mm. and invested. Yeah, like Amy, succession. also terrible. Yeah, I think it's really hard work to do that, but when it's done well, it's so good. Mm-hmm. So they have a shower together because she's still, co- still, still covered in blood. And there's a whole conversation and she's still like, like you're in the shower. There does not need to be this much blood on you. Wash it off, Because she's not moving around under the shower. Wash she's, it off. She's posing so that you can only say like, Side boob and one nipple because it's a movie. Oh. But we do see we Ben do, Affleck's yeah. penis, which I guess is like fine. I didn't really want to see it or need to see it, but whatever. Oh, it was a pretty good penis, I thought. Was, <laughs> yeah, like it was fine. It was a good penis. There was enough of it, I suppose. I, you really don't like weird. Ben Affleck. I don't like <laughs> Ben Affleck. I would, I don't know if there's an interview, I didn't look it up. I kind of want to know what Fincher was thinking about why that happened because he doesn't do anything, like everything is deliberate. Maybe, I don't know, it's about Nick is like totally vulnerable now with yeah, this woman I would say who's so. trying to get him, you know, put to death. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So they're in the shower naked together so that she knows that she's not being recorded because she's could psycho. be bugs in the bathroom. I guess in the shower it's safe. It's, you can't really in, hear. In, I don't know if this is true. She knows as much as I know, which is in spy movies you do this so that it's really hard to get I a good recording. I reckon you could still hear stuff even with the shower going. I can still hear, hear my kids singing when they're in the shower. So Basically, she, he's stuck with her mm. is her, her version of events. The next day, I think, so Tanner and Rhonda and Margot and Nick are at the airport having coffee with Tanner before he flies home because the case is over now. Mm-hmm. He can go back to New York. He's like, he's done his job basically. He actually. Yeah, he kept him out of jail. He kept him out of jail. Like he got him bail when he needed it and he also did a great job with the interview. Like he yeah didn't then have to go to trial, which is like. Fantastic for Tanner. We do not deal with the fact of money and that they never really had the money for the retainer and that they still almost certainly owe Tanner a couple hundred thousand dollars at least. But whatever. And they all know, they all know that Amy did it. Nick tells them the story. They all believe it. Rhonda Mm. can't prove it. Um, I think it's Margot saying like, it's not over. And Rhonda's like, it is. Yeah, I can't. The FBI have closed it. I can't do anything now. Time passes. Nick is not willing to sleep in the same room as Amy. No, and this is where I, I this is where I think it was the first night. So it was after the shower yeah, happened. That's right. He goes into a bedroom, and uh, we were both like, "Lock the door." You'd be locking lock that door. door, and lock he locked the door. the door. And then we both sighed relief yeah. when he had the cat with him. Yeah. He's locked the cat in, in with, with him. him. Yeah. Like he does not trust her at no. all. And he shouldn't. And she, like she says, like, I would never do anything to hurt you, but 
that. She means whatever. She only means that specifically. I would not personally enact the violence on you. Of course, she doesn't mean it in a general, literal sense. She just means I wouldn't actually like kill you myself. I wouldn't sully my hands. That's what she means. I so don't of know course, if he doesn't even trust believe her. that though. She just killed someone. Well, she shouldn't. She should. He shouldn't. Sorry, he shouldn't believe it. He shouldn't believe it, and he doesn't. I'm glad he locked the door. So, yeah, he won't sleep in the same room with her. They talk. He, uh, Yeah, he asks her if the baby was real. And she's like, it could be. And you're like, oh, my God. How is this man going to live? Mm. Apparently, for the, at least the next five weeks in a separate room. Mm. So then they're doing an interview with the other cable news host that we saw on TV the whole time in the movie. Yeah. Uh, who's been bagging him out the whole time. Mm-hmm. And now they're back together and it's all, you know, lovely. Amy reveals to him that she is pregnant and the sperm never got destroyed. Yeah. And so she's, yeah, like taking his sperm without new permission. Mm. I mean, that is so that is such a sketchy conversation around consent because yeah. he consented originally, but he's withdrawn consent. Yeah. And well, she's done it she anyway. Would. Yes. So that's fucked up. But she's like, mm. well, I'm pregnant for real now. This is it. And – he shoves her against the wall and we have the last great scene in the movie mm-hmm. where she says the C word a lot mm-hmm. and basically talks about that, look, no, the only time he liked himself was when he was trying to be someone she would like. She's the one for him. They're in it together. Yes, yeah, suck it up, Sunny Jim. You're stuck with me. And he knows it's true. As much as he hates her and doesn't trust her, she's having his baby now and – Mm. That is everything he once ever wanted. Describe, yeah. describe her dress, please. It's a oh, beautiful dress. She just dress. looks like she's out of Sabrina, the chilling tales of Sabrina. True. It's a black dress with a built-in um, white collar. White collar. Shirt. She looks like a witch. Yeah. She does look like, like a contemporary witch. Mm-hmm. So they do the interview and it's as fake as their relationship. Mm-hmm. And... I think that's about it. We have a shot at the very start of the movie. Well, he goes to Margot and oh, yeah, she right. she's a mess because she's like, you can't have this baby. And he's like, well, get, I Get custody. I have to. You can do it. And he's like, you know, I won't. You know, they yeah. won't give me custody. Yeah. Yeah. But he does get her to promise that she is always with him on his side. Mm-hmm. Sort of ruins both of their lives, really. It really does. She's nuts. And, yeah, we get a mirroring shot. At the start of the movie, we have this shot where we've got Ben Affleck doing voiceover about, you know, fantasising about smashing her head open and unspooling her brains to to get the answers to Mm. his questions. And he's stroking her long hair and we get her sort of look gaze up at him. And then we mirror that at the end where it's her with her short haircut. Mm -hmm. And, what you know, what have we done to each other? What will we do? Mm. And that's it. And you're like, oh, crap. I know. It's not It's not a nice resolved um I mean, it's ending, over, but it's not. It? It's not over, though. It's not neatly resolved, is it? No. No. It is a fantastic movie, though. Yeah. I feel like this was a good example of a mystery that is worth rewatching. Yeah. Because you see lots of things you didn't pick up the first time. Yeah, no, you, you would in The Girl on the Train. Yeah. It might just be that it's not my yeah genre to kind of want to re-watch because 
A Simple Favour is another one Mm -hmm. that's really good and done really well and probably worth watching again because you would pick up so much more. But I kind of – I don't know. I think they're very good movies but I'm left kind of feeling like, oh, well – I yep. don't really feel like I need to watch them again. Does yeah. that make sense? Totally. And it might just be a genre thing, even though I love true crime yeah. and watching true crime stuff. Well, I don't want watch rewatch that either. Yeah. So what are we going to do next? So what are we going to do next? So I'm going to take you on a little journey. Okay. I was going to actually talk about it at the start of the episode, but then just before I started talking about it, I thought actually we might just do this movie next. Oh, so something you've watched recently. Something I've watched recently. And you'll you'll pick it up pretty quick, okay. I think, when I take you on this little journey of, of how my week went. Okay. Okay, so on TikTok, there's a TikToker called The Girl Fraggle. You mm-hmm. probably have seen her, I, I think. She basically um, mimes over music from the 90s and up pops little um, – like facts. little facts about how it was written and it's usually the ones that pop up on my feed are usually, you know, songs that I loved from the 90s. Yeah. And so one popped up the other day I was scrolling through and a garbage song popped up. Ooh, there. yeah. And I was like, God, I haven't listened to garbage in ages. So then I was on the way to school pickup and I thought I'll put on like – a garbage album. Yep. So I put on like, I think it's absolute garbage. It's mm-hmm. their, their best of kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So perfect. All the great songs. So I'm sitting there listening and then number one crush came on. You know exactly know, where this yeah, is going. I, the penny dropped a little while ago. Yeah. So number one crush comes on and I'm like, God, this song. God, I need to watch Romeo and Juliet. Yep. I need to watch Romeo and Juliet. So then I went home. And I watched Romeo and Juliet. I met probably the next day when the kids were at school again, I watched Romeo and Juliet. And then I bought myself a <laughs> Romeo and Juliet T-shirt because I was like, oh, I love this movie so much. And so I instantly got on and I found this great website that's all different artists from around the world and you can buy their artwork on T-shirts. I think it's called Red Bubble. Yep. And... So I've ordered my Romeo and Juliet T-shirt and then I have spent the rest of the week going, oh, I really want to watch Romeo and Juliet again. <laughs> it's like a, it's, I, I kind of really peaked my – and I guess listening to Garbage all week and it really kind of peaked my teenage years of mm-hmm. when you just want to re-watch the same thing again and yep. again. Yeah. So we're going to watch Romeo and Juliet. All right. Baz Luhrmann's 96. Sounds right. Version, yeah, Sounds I think it's ninety six. Right. Romeo and Juliet, lovely. Oh, I haven't seen it in ages. Well, I just saw it a few days ago. I know, but um, yeah, I just was like, oh, I nearly watched it again yesterday. So there we go. Yeah, we're going to watch Romeo and Juliet. Oh, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And I think it's it's we won't really have to tell the story so much because everybody knows the story. Yes, but it's going to be heavy on how it's done. Yeah. The nostalgia of it too. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, 
see you next episode with that. Thanks, mm-hmm. guys. You can find us on socials. We've got an Instagram. You watched what? Website is youwatchwhat.net. We would love to hear from you. You can contact us there or on Gmail, youwatchwhatpodcast at gmail.com. Like, review, recommend. That will help us find mm-hmm. new listeners. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. See you in a couple of weeks with Romeo and Juliet. Bye. People don't go around saying <laughs> any of the quotes from this movie. It's not Anchorman. <laughs> Maybe it should have been more like Anchorman. <laughs>